so Kelly, I understand you're in one of my favorite places in the world, in Davos, Switzerland, but you're not enjoying it because you're sick. Uh, yeah. So my super amazing Swiss vacation is basically been me sleeping and watching Netflix, which is fantastic. Damn. And you're supposed to be racing on Saturday? I am supposed to be racing on Saturday. So I'm here for the Challenge Davos race, which goes straight up the Flula Pass, which I understand you have some stories about. I love me some Flula Pass. Oh my God. It's literally like it snowed on Monday, Sarah. I showed up Monday night, super cold. And then I got sick on Tuesday. So I, uh, we're, you know, 50, 50 on if this is going to happen. FYI, this is why I sound like this though, everybody. Right. Well, this right. is our, this is our way of apologizing to our listeners for Kelly's, <laughs> for Kelly's snot. I know basically. it's really bad. Um, yeah, I spent a couple summers in, uh, Davos, you say it funny. Training. You're doing your like French Canadian thing again. Sorry. How do, how are Americans supposed to pronounce Davos. it? Davos. Yeah. Okay. Davos. <laughs> it did. When I was there, it did snow in July, like yeah. both years. And I have done Falula Pass many, many times. I can remember one time actually coming down Falula Pass and you know, when you get so cold, you're, sh- you start shaking. Yeah. And I remember actually my hand shaking off of my handlebars. And then when I got back, like we lived right beside a grocery store. So we often didn't like fully prepare food wise because you could just literally go out the door and there's the grocery store right there. But I was so cold. I couldn't do anything. So I just got under the duvet in the bed. And I remember my boyfriend at the time bringing me like the only food we have in the house was like these weird, like puff, almost like supposed to be cheese puffs but they were like peanut butter flavored okay. <laughs> it's like this weird swiss snack peanut butter flavored puffs that i then this is before i knew i was celiac that i then ate like an entire bag of i was so cold like i don't think i've ever been so cold on a ride as oh really past, but... well clearly you've never biked all winter outside san francisco i have had that happen i have definitely had that happen but yeah no flula pass was cold i wrote it like the one day i've managed to do anything here i wrote up it and uh they are they're requiring your arms to be covered on saturday because of the snow and the cold so seems a funny rule yeah i'm not sure i haven't really i feel like we're gonna we're gonna jump that hurdle when when i decide i'm gonna race you know so yeah right so well hopefully you'll feel better oh i had i had some points about sick about illness oh yeah you're gonna okay give me tips sarah yeah this is good so if you start to get over it right Right. First of all, I don't suggest, I have, I have regrets about trying to race when I'm sick. Like, don't right. think magic is going to happen. If you wake up on the, in the morning and you're sick, like you're sick, right? But if you hit that sweet spot when you're just starting to get better, you know, and your immune system is still kind of working a little bit, but you're feeling better, it actually can give you a performance boost. That's what a couple and, people have said, actually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm kind of hoping I like get better like Thursday or Friday and then boom. It could be like, this could actually work for you. So. <laughs> I'll cross my fingers for you for that one. Okay, good, good. Okay, coming up on the show, Kelly's debrief from the 70.3 World Championships in Nice. We have a voicemail from an insider. And is 70.3 Worlds becoming a giant shit show after this? Kelly, I finally got my shipment of noon up here in Canada, and I am so excited. The last couple days, I've been going to CrossFit with Noon Hydration Sport watermelon flavor, and I have been loving it so far. But I want to know from you, what product should I try next? Okay, so you're trying the tablet. So the Sport tablet is the one you drop in your water bottle. They also have an immunity tablet for you know when you're feeling sick that you can drop in your water bottle. And I've been trying the, or been using the Noon Rest 
which is for recovery and relaxation. It's like chamomile flavored. It has magnesium and potassium in it. Uh, you like drink it before you go to bed. Helps you recover well. You sleep great. It's fantastic. Okay, awesome. I'm totally going to try that tonight. Okay, if anyone at home wants to try, go to noonlife.com and use the code IRONWOMEN and you get 30% off. So Iron Women is our sister podcast, noonlife, N-U-U-N, life.com. Give it a try. Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc. Ass Kicker makes activewear for women featuring empowering phrases like, Work hard, play hard, kick ass, or strong women lift each other up. Ask Kicker Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com and just choose shop from the menu. And of course, use the code RIDING to save 20%. That's RIDING, as in if we were, at livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the titty to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. So did you actually watch the races in Nice, the pro races? I think it was, what, midnight there? No, it was the middle of the night. I was asleep. <laughs> I did watch a little bit of the recap. But before we do, okay, before we recap, I just want to say, I want to give a shout out and a personal thank you <laughs> to all of the people who waved at Kelly. So especially the people who tagged me on social media, thank you. But for anyone who joined in with my campaign for people to wave at Kelly, I am most grateful. And you felt like a celebrity, right, Kelly? I did. I felt like a quasi-celebrity in like a very, very small world. So, you know, basically, basically the same thing as being a celebrity. Basically, so anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, last week on the show and also on my social media and on If We Were Writing's Instagram story, I asked people to wave at Kelly because she she what was it the one week when you said how much you hate it when people wave well at you? i don't i to be fair i just hate it when people require that you wave back but whatever it's fine <laughs> so yeah a lot of people waved at me because sarah told them to wave at me and i was pretty much because con- i was there covering it for triathlete uh, magazine and so i was pretty much constantly running late like and running like sprinting full speed to like get to a different point to like see people and multiple times someone would jump out and wave at me as i was running like full speed down the boardwalk so <laughs> Excellent. Amazing. So thank you to those people. We're so happy. Okay. So Kelly, tell us a little bit about the race. What did you observe out there? Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you watched it on Facebook live, you got like pretty good coverage because the Facebook live coverage is pretty good at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. And I was sitting in the media room during the women's race. And when Daniela took the lead on the descent, all these, ugh, it was like all middle-aged guys in the media room who didn't listen to me at all but and they all went oh well guess this, that was that was boring like now she's just it's the same as always and everybody's kind of like oh another boring daniela race but i don't think that's accurate because like what i saw was like an, like all of the women they weren't like oh well, let me get out of daniela's way so that she can win this like holly came out of that like out of T2 running so fucking hard that she, she wasn't like, Oh, well, Daniela has it. She's two minutes up on me. Like I'll just jog us in. She was trying to close it. Every single one of them was trying to close it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I felt like that's what my takeaway was, was like, there is a belief now that like she can be beaten. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And I think, I also think too, like you see what you want to see. So if they want to see a boring race with just Daniela there, and if they don't want to see people, the people at the back duking it out or the people trying to beat her, then they won't see it. Right. So yeah. Open your eyes, people. I mean, you know, media press rooms are not the most awesome places. Uh, and the men's race, I mean, did you watch the men's race was obviously even more like crazy because despite everyone afterwards being like, Oh, I always knew Gustav Eden was going to do really well. You're like, okay, sure. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I don't think even, yeah, I did it. And I don't (laughs) think even he knew he was going to win. Like, so it was actually really exciting. The men's race, because it was really, really deep. And I know someone shared the stat with us that technically the top 10 women were like literally closer together than the top 10 men in terms of like percentage time of their race. Yes. I actually even have that yeah. message. They were both about 12, like first to 10th in both races was about 12 minutes, which obviously is like a smaller percentage for the women. Yeah. So the women's race was 12 minutes and 18 seconds spread right. for the top 10. And the men's was about, was 12 minutes. Yeah. Is that what you just said? Yeah. See, yeah. I did that off so, top of my head. So that's well done. Well Thank done. You. <laughs> but the thing about the um, men's race, I think is that fifth to 22nd was 10 minutes. So it's like you fuck up anything in there and you're right. just going to like hemorrhage places. And it was that way the whole day, like 17 guys came out of the water in like one giant group. Um, that's just, you know, that's just, that's just crazy. But I also think it it's worth celebrating that the women's race is getting more competitive. Oh yeah, for sure. Despite Iron Man's best efforts to not, <laughs> to not encourage pros, um, and pro women in particular, we, it is getting more competitive and it's good to see. I think the women's race kind of across the board is like more competitive for sure at the top, um, or is as competitive, more, com- whatever It's obviously like that middle depth that you're, that you're missing, uh, standing out there forever, watching like thousands of 40 year old men running 122s. Like the, there isn't the equivalent on the women's side yet for a number of reasons in the age group right. fields. Uh, and that's sort of what's missing. But at the top end, hundred percent, it's, it's as competitive. I also wonder, I have an original thought Oh yeah, right here, just in this moment. Um, cause we've talked about how Ironman, re- a lot of the pros are going to retire soon, especially on the women's side. And we're not sure what's going to happen in Ironman racing, but it is possible that 70.3 racing could be a little bit different, partially because True. you don't have as long of hours for to train for 70.3. So some people who need to make a little bit of money along the way and who don't have the big sponsorship deals can actually get really good where it's a lot harder with Ironman where you have to be putting in, you know, 30 hour training weeks. It's hard to fit that around, you know, a 40, 50 hour a week job. So maybe we'll still see the depth improving in the women's fields in the 70.3, a little more than Ironman in the coming years. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to talk a little bit later too about whether or not it's just too many people at 70.3 worlds already, but yeah, the death will probably be there. I also, I mean, I was really struck. Well, one, I was like, fuck, I need to race harder. Like the women were running so hard. They were like just crossing the line and passing out. So I was really struck by how hard everyone was going and how much people were like going for it in the men's race too. Like obviously Eden went for it. And, um, and Rudy Von Berg, who took third yep. top American. Um, there was like this moment, if you're watching where he passed on a twisty, narrow descent, like so intense that Alistair Brownlee even like sat up and like looked at him and was like, what the fuck? Right. Like, <laughs> and he clearly was like, this is my shot. I'm taking it. I'm going for and he, it. 
And that's because he had good descending skills. Is that? It's also because he grew up there, which is another thing I said in the media press room and all the 50 year old guys were like, no, no, I don't think that's right. Whatever. (laughs) So yeah, he grew up there. He like rode there all of his like childhood and stuff. So. Right. And it did happen. It also did happen in the women's race where, especially in the first part of the bike on the climb, you know, you had women who people didn't necessarily expect to be near the front of the race coming out of the woodwork a little bit. So that was really fun to see. You also had, uh, I mean, we've talked about this before, but now that everyone can see it on Facebook live, you had some rules being applied. Oh yeah. A bit arbitrarily. Um, which is always, I mean, obviously the big one or like the one that everyone's talking about is like Lucy Charles Barclay, mm-hmm. Charles Barclay, team <laughs> Charles Barclay got a drafting penalty. And my understanding is she essentially on, you know, like downhill and uphill, like rolled too fast in the back of a draft zone and mm-hmm. then just like tried to stop herself and got, and so it's like, yeah, like she broke the rule for sure. But I mean, I watched all the coverage I was out there, right? Like other people were definitely like if we're going to have a strict interpretation, let's have a strict interpretation across the board was kind of her argument. And, um, and I heard that from plenty of people too, cause there was like passing on the right going on. There was slotting in going on. There was, they did that thing at the pro meeting, uh, where they go, well, try not to cross the center line, but if you do and you like, if you have to, and you do it safely, that's fine, but we're going to penalize you if you don't do it safe. So then of course, like people were just all over it, like shitting on the center line. Yeah. Well, honestly, since in my entire career, like this, it's been a problem when rules are not applied evenly, especially as drafting penalties are given out arbitrarily. It's almost like everybody accidentally breaks the rules, right? Some people intentionally break the rules. Some people accidentally break the rules and then randomly penalties get thrown in like as a roll of the dice almost. Definitely. And it just feels like that's not a real um, deterrent for the people who are actually intentionally trying to, I, I remember trying to break the rules. Sorry, I should finish that sentence. I remember Jimmy Riccatello, who he may still be the head he's referee. The, yeah. Sure. He's still the head ref for Ironman. He has yeah. been for many, many years since I was racing too. I remember him at one point trying to enforce a rule with the marshals that to look for intent, like to look for people who are intentionally cheating, which for me, mm, it's a little, that's a little gray for my liking for a rule, but I understand, I understand his intent in trying right. to make that, to look for intent because, you know, especially with climbing and stuff, like when you're, for example, when you're climbing, there's really no drafting advantage anyway. And you end up like you, if you come off a descent, just like Lucy did, you end up rolling into the back. There's no reason that the women should have to break more than the men, which they end up doing. Cause there's more people around us. Well, not on, obviously not on Saturday cause they had their own race not on saturday that's true good point but it's just one of these it's just one of these things that's like that are and and it's not just with drafting rules it's with with many many rules like you either have to enforce them or not but like make a choice people yeah i mean it's one of the things where like on the one hand um, like flexibility is good right like under being understanding is totally good like there are too many things in life where we're like dicks and we're like no 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 you must do exactly this like turn in your form 7be or right whatever right Oh, you live in Canada. That's not, that's a common thing, like in America, HR and big companies. So, okay. <laughs> like flexibility I'm is good. I'm just looking at you blankly right now. Right, that's okay. right. Anyway, so like in those instances, like you're like flexibility would be great. Like, let's all just be cool about this. You really just want the world to be like, let's all just be cool about this. Of course, the problem is, and this like is more true in like policing and enforcement, that is that flexibility quickly becomes bias, obviously. Like, uh, and that's yes. the challenge, I think. So... Anyway, it was an issue. It came up again. It comes up all the time. It's a thing. Yeah, we don't have um, 
we don't have solutions. We just have problems that we've had. We're not a solutions oriented podcast, guys. (laughs) Sometimes we are. Sometimes we come up with genius things. Um, Okay. We also had a voicemail this week uh, from a listener about, because we had, well, something we talked about last week. So let's listen first. Hey, Kelly and Sarah, it's Meredith. Um, Jocelyn McCauley's sister, but I'm sure you both know that. Longtime listener, first time caller. I just wanted to call, or I just wanted to leave a message and uh, say I was like a little surprised that Kelly was shocked that the men and women aren't changing, like switching days um, for 7.3 Worlds. Because, I mean, the first year that it, that um, the split day was Chattanooga, and then like last year would have been the first year that we would have expected people to rotate days. And in fact, like I definitely remember <laughs> them announcing that the days were going to rotate so much so that like Jocelyn um, declined her slot to South Africa last year because she thought that the women were racing on Sunday. Um, and so when they didn't race on Sunday, we were both super shocked. And she actually emailed with Iron Man and it's like it's their plan going forward that women are going to race on the first day and men are going to race on the second day. I mean, personally, I'm excited about that because Jocelyn doesn't race on Sundays, but um, St. George 2021, actually, they're going to do Friday and Saturday so that no one races on Sunday, um, partly because, you know, I think it's just that that city uh, in Utah, high in Mormon population and um, so less likely that they'll be able to get volunteers, but also, you know, spectators, um, just different culture there. So should be interesting. Also, I will be in Nice uh, supporting and doing um, media duties for Fitter Radio. So Kelly, hit me up. We should hang out. All right. Bye. So you'll be happy to know Meredith was actually the first person to wave at me. I was uh, biking to the press conference and I was super late and all of a sudden somebody jumps in front of me and like starts waving spastically. So amazing. That's Meredith. A personal thank you to Meredith for doing that, for being the first, for making it happen with the waving. Yeah. And thanks for your voicemail. Anytime, anytime, give us the inside info about your sister. We're, uh, (laughs) we're all over that. I do think obviously, um, you know, the whole like rotating days. I mean, it's not that I was like shocked they weren't. It's just that I'm shocked they aren't, right? It's just like, come on. Like, and it doesn't matter if you personally like it on one day or the other day. The point is everybody has a different opinion. It should just switch back and forth so it's fair. Like, that's all. Like, end of discussion. Yeah, like men should be one day, women the next, and then switch the next year. Like, it, I don't know. Yeah. It's not complicated. Obvious. It's not complicated. So obvious. There are, ready? There's like the trans- There are a lot of things, however, that are complicated about 70.3 worlds. <laughs> Good transition. What is Thank complicated, you. Kelly? Okay, so, I mean, I wrote in the newsletter, and I kind of want to like articulate this a little more, that I was struck by some of the shit showness. And I realized I have not been to a 70.3 world since it went to a two-day format, which is almost twice as many people now. So it may just be that it's literally too many people. But... It was a mess, Sarah. And partially it was city security. Yes, I am aware that Nice had a really bad terrorism um, incident three years ago. Like, come on, guys. Like, I read the news. Like, I was in Nice for a week. I'm aware there was a very... So, and obviously, yes, like, everyone's initial instinct is to be like, oh, well, it's good we have security. Like, I totally get it. I don't know that we need to go into the whole debate about, you know, quasi-police state is not the appropriate response to solve these kinds of problems. We're not going to touch that, but... Because it was really insane security, 
it created even more problems. And I would argue it even made things like more unsafe and more problematic. And it was like, it was from the city to be clear. It wasn't Iron Man. Like even Iron Man officials were kind of shocked at how much security there was. They wanted to build a pedestrian bridge over like the chaos of barricades and the city didn't let them because of like security reasons. I saw a top Iron Man person with like her Iron Man get turned away because she didn't have an athlete wristband. So like there were the Iron Man people were definitely a little, there was constant police with massive, massive machine guns everywhere all weekend. It was really intense. So like the Iron Man people were definitely a little like, whoa about it. Like, I don't think this is all on them, but to the spectator, to the participant, like it doesn't matter who created this like massive shit show chaos. It's still shit show Mm -hmm. chaos. So the problem is like, I saw an Iron Man, a head of Iron Man thing get turned away. And yet I saw other people with no credentials, like talk their way all the way up to like the finish line. There were like all these security checkpoints you had to go through where the people in guns with guns, like checking your bag, which then created these massive backups. But then if you walk down a block, you would literally just like run onto the course past the barricade. So they were like all this. So it didn't make any sense. There was multiple times where I would think I was outside security because I hadn't gone through security. And then I would be behind security and they'd be like waving me through, but I'd never gone through it. So you're like, it doesn't (laughs) like what? And then there were things where like they blocked off the whole finish area and like covered it with this like 20 foot high fence and these like tarps so that like, and I think they didn't want people to gather right there to like say hi, but instead it just created these like massive crowds and this like really narrow seawalk that were trying to like yell at their athlete, like through the tarp. And like, it was like, it was a complete mess. Weird. And yeah. they like fenced off the whole start so nobody could see it. So it was just like, I don't know. I get this. And like, those were all specific problems, but my like kind of takeaway is it might be too many people. It might literally be too much and they're going to add 500 more women next year. It might just be too much for an event that moves every year. You know, like Kona's a shit show, but like it's been 40 years. Like we all know what to expect, right? Like we know what brand of shit. And and also it's not like, I feel like as Kona has grown, it's not, I mean, it, that does, it doesn't feel like it's as big a shit show as what you just described. There are no like police walking around with machine guns. Like, no. <laughs> machine guns. I mean, and it doesn't, and like they haven't, I saw people who showed up in the middle of like the four hour window to check in, took an hour and a half to check in their bike and their tea too bad. Like that's crazy, right? Like that's crazy. Also like that is less secure because anyway, it was really problem. I thought it, I thought there were a lot of issues. Um, and I would love to hear from people who have been to other of worlds that were two days because I haven't been to any of the other two day worlds. So I'm curious if it's just like, it's gotten so big now it's unmanageable. Yeah. Okay. I have a solution. Ready? Okay. It's going to solve yes. all the problems. Okay. So f- I suggest, first of all, obviously I think we should have, we should have equal numbers of men and women who qualify equal opportunity folks. <laughs> yeah. But it, qualify. Capped, but it should be capped, but it should be capped at like well, 2000. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page. You just like, yeah, we're on the same page. So <laughs> yeah. So we have like equal numbers. So like by adding more women is not going to help the logistics problem that you just said. So instead, like, why don't we, take away a few of the men like yeah like let's have equal equal access swapping days and less people because less people because they sometimes they say they don't want to add more women because they want to make sure it's still competitive right well you can make it more competitive and harder to get to by having less people yeah i mean yeah it should just be capped at like 2000 2000 1500 1500 whatever like 
I'm not even in the mood right now to like talk about proportionality. If you get outside the context of triathlon and like clinging to proportionality, there's no other sport where it's a thing. Like you don't send like a proportional number of people to the Olympics. Like that's not a thing. Like, so I'm just not like, or to any sport or to anything. No, it should be 2000 (laughs) and 2000. Like the men's race was too crowded. It was too many people. It was a little bit too much. So. Okay. So those are, those are all of our solutions for 70.3 world. (laughs) Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk about weather. And then we're going to talk about whether selfies are the new autographs. We would like to thank noon hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code ironwomen at noonlife.com. That's ironwomen at noonlife.com. And don't forget to order your feisty gear at livefeisty.com with the code RIDING to get a 20% discount. Follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, Sarah, as a quasi-celebrity in a very small niche, mm. I have to tell you, I took multiple selfies with fans this weekend so wow kelly how many people how many people did you take selfies with three that waved you three <laughs> <laughs> whatever that's, that's a lot all right that's a lot for a random random oh my gosh <laughs> thank you to, to kelly's three fans i love you all well no, to be I, clear i had more fans i took three selfies i had like oh. six fans okay oh okay sorry <laughs> double that up double that up baby six people wave no i do think that this, that selfies are the new autographs like yeah. i think that by the time my daughter who is eight now like but by the time she's in high school and wants like she's gonna want she's not even gonna know what an autograph is she's gonna go why why would i want someone to write on a piece of paper that's weird right that's weird but then i'm uh obviously i use my phone for everything i basically it's like the only thing i like take everywhere with me but i also like pictures disappear off it you lose a phone you don't back it up like you accidentally delete things your phone runs out of space and you're like oh shit so i feel like it's also like very impermanent which maybe there's a larger like metaphorical thing happening there with society but Tell me to stop my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.